Welcome to episode two of the Guard Up podcast. CJ here, and today my guest is uh, the host of the And One podcast, where he and co-host Afnan Wasif cover the latest topics in the NBA. He is also the host of the Marco Injury Show, a podcast that primarily focuses on the NFL, college football, and high school athletics. Marco Injury was good, bro. Yo, what's going on, man? I'm excited to be here. Uh, thank you for joining me today um, on episode two. Um, just tell the audience real fast when you um, started to develop a love for basketball and your your three two and your uh, your top three favorite players in the NBA right now. All right, so it was about I think uh, 2011. I was at a Iowa Hawkeye basketball game. I was born and raised in Iowa. Okay. And uh, I know that it might sound weird to be a basketball fan from Iowa, but yeah, that's an actual thing. So. <laughs> So uh, my mom's friend actually was was saying that Doc Rivers was down uh, courtside at the Hawkeye game. He's, you know, a Clippers head coach. Right. And at the time, he was the Celtics head coach. And so my mom's friend was a huge Celtics fan. And uh, he was like, yeah, you should go check him out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Celtics fan, right? <laughs> I wasn't – I was just an NBA fan. I wasn't really a team, like a fan of a team. So uh, I went down there, met him, and ever since, I've been a Celtics fan. So – my top three players, um, I, I don't really know. I mean, but yeah, 2011 is when I really got into basketball and, and started loving the NBA. I played a little bit, but I've since uh, quit in real life playing basketball, <laughs> but I still follow the NBA and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, my top three players, it, it might might be just uh, Jason Tatum, number one, just a little bit of bias there. All right, no problem, no problem. He's a, he's a beast. He's awesome. Number two. Might be Steph Curry. Uh, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about my top favorite players because I'm more of an NBA fan right. rather than a Celtics fan or a player fan or team. I mean, I just – I don't know. I mean, my throw in Steph. I really like LeBron. I really like Giannis. Giannis will probably be in the top three. So, yeah. I might go take them, Steph, Giannis. I think that's fair. All right, that's good. That's, yeah, yeah, Giannis, Giannis is playing well right now. And uh, if you guys want to find um, the podcast on Instagram, for the and one podcast is at the and one podcast and for the Marco injury show is at the Marco injury at the Marco injury show. So you could check those uh, pages out. Um, Marco's active on all the pages and uh, yeah, just, just take a look when you guys get a chance and send a follow. So today uh, we're going to talk about top 10 NBA player positions and Marco and I are going to go through uh, each position and give our top 10 players and yeah and for, for point guard the center so uh so real quick marco like what do you look for so, so real fast sorry um the format of the podcast how we usually do it is um we split it up into quarters so first quarter to the f to the fourth quarter but you know since it's five positions in the nba the overtime would be for the center and okay. uh, marco and i are gonna talk about our top 10 centers so let's start with the point guards quarter one so what do you what do you look for in a point guard like if you were to start a team like what would you look for in, in the one well if if i'm personally looking for one i'm looking for a true point guard but nowadays we have guys like steph uh dame kyrie um uh, kyle lowry yep. some other guy and kemba walker some other you know scoring point guards but i really want a true point guard like a chris paul for example uh on my team but even though I'm looking for that, that he's not necessarily so high up on my top 10 point guard. All right. Um, 
So you wanna so you wanna give your list first or yeah yeah I can go ahead right. and get mine first. All right, so you wanna go from from ten to one? Yeah, if, if, yeah right. ten to one. All right, cool. So All right, perfect. speaking of Chris Paul, I actually have him at number ten this season so far. He Ooh. really, I mean, he's at he's at. I know it's crazy. 16, <laughs> and Sixteen and eight. All right, four rebounds, uh, two steals. Right. Not bad, but and I know I had him at number number two coming into this season, right? Oh, and no. he's dropped all the way down to number 10. Not <laughs> helping out the Rockets too much. I don't know what his deal is. He's not doing not doing really hot. I mean, 15 and 8 ain't bad, but the guys ahead of him, I think, have just been having a better season. So, number 9, I got Kyle Lowry. All right, now I know first 11 days in December, dude was averaging like four points a game, was shooting 14% from the field, whatever it was. It was terrible. He was struggling, man. He was struggling. Struggling. So, number nine, I got Kyle Lowry. He's been stepping it up lately. Raptors have been playing really well as a team. Definitely. Number eight, I got Ben Simmons. Uh, not much to say there. He's showing out just like he was last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the leading rebounder for point guards, unless Russ is, Russ is up there. But same thing, can't make a three-point shot. That's why he's so low. Um, then number seven, Kemba Walker, been showing out, putting up the points. Number six, I have Drew Holiday. And if you haven't seen his numbers, you need to check them because they're fantastic, honestly. I think he's averaging somewhere around 22 points per game, uh, 8.8 assists, uh, four and some odd, four, four, around four rebounds, and, and up to two steals. So, dude's been balling out. Uh, then number five, I got John Wall, uh, just had a 40 and 14 game. Number four, I got Damian Lillard. Number three, I got Kyrie Irving. Number two, I got Russell Westbrook. And number one, of course, Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry at one. Yeah. Um, no Mike Conley? I, I just – I don't know. As much as Chris Paul's been hurting me. Right. Yep. Mike Conley never shows – he just never shows up. And, I mean, <laughs> if you show up, you're going to be on SportsCenter. Guess who I don't see on SportsCenter? Mike Conley. And I don't watch a whole lot of Grizzlies games. So, I don't know. Yeah, he's – um yeah, he's – he's you, when we – you know, everybody throws the word underrated out a lot. He's definitely one of those one of those players, especially you know he puts up you know he puts up you know very good numbers. It's just there's so many guards in the West. Clearly, like we just right. we just left him out, and it's you know all ten of those guys you know could be or <clears throat> could be better than him. So, and yeah, I agree. He is underrated. He is averaging twenty points per game this season. But yeah, he, he's just he's not flashy. You know, he doesn't have the yeah. he could shoot threes, but it's not like Curry, and you know he's not right. as explosive and as athletic as Russ. So, yeah, he doesn't really he, – he's pretty much perfect for the Grizzlies. Like, they just play defense, uh, you know, grind it out, him and Gasol, get it done. So, uh, yeah, so, okay, so I'll, I'll start at 10. I got Conley. <laughs> just because, you know, the Grizzlies are playing good. And honestly, I really didn't expect, you know, the Grizzlies to be this good. Um, you know, Jared Jackson playing well, too. And Gasol's back where he's at. Noah was a good pickup. So, I, I, like, I like Conley at the, at, the, at the helm for the Grizzlies. I got him at 10. Number nine, I have Ben Simmons. And, you know, he should be – you know, he could easily be a top five point guard if he just had the shot. You know, I just feel like right. he has to be able to hit that mid-range. That mid-range is really all he needs at this point. He doesn't really – everybody's talking about he can't shoot threes, but if he just gets a, a mid-range alone, he could easily average 20. And, you know, from there, you know, he could create double teams and probably get more assists. He could probably – he could definitely average a triple-double. I see him averaging a triple-double later in his career. So oh, for, for sure. right now, for right now, I got him at nine. Number eight, I have uh, Kyle Lowry playing playing great this year. Like you said, he did have the little slump in early December, but mm-hmm. you know he picked it back up. And when they beat the Warriors in Golden State, that was a good game for him. With, with Kawhi out, that was a that was a big statement game. 
just mm-hmm. for me, I just need to see him in, in the playoffs, you know, with him and DeRozan, it, you know, they just, they just couldn't stop LeBron. <laughs> that's the only way. To, right. That's the best way to put it. They couldn't stop LeBron. So let's, I'm interested to see how he plays with Kawhi um, this time around, you know, playing well, obviously best, one of the best records in the NBA. So I have him at eight, seven, I got wall, you know, I just just ability. I just feel like he's still better than than uh, Lowry, Simmons, and Conley. So I, I I mean, even though the Wizards aren't playing that great, I just feel like he's you know he's still a better player. I just think I mean I don't know what's what's really going on over there in, in Washington. What what do you what, what do you right. think is going on over there? He's he's one of those guys. John Wall's one of those guys where he's a good player on a bad team. So yeah, I, I do think the Wizards are playing really poor. They start off the season zero and nine, and they they have zero chemistry. I think. Uh, they just got Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre. I was surprised they traded away Kelly Oubre. Um, but John Wall is one of those good players on a bad team. For Ariza. For Ariza, yeah. And Ariza isn't a bad pickup, but $15 million a year. Ariza was just trying to get his bag during this I don't even, And it's not even like the 15. It's the – is he even going to be there next year? <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Yeah, like, no, it's like Oubre – because, like, cause like if, all, if, if Porter Jr. doesn't work out, I mean, you could, you could trade him and then move Oubre to the three. But now you can't right. do that. So, so well, now they you're really, like Porter. They just yeah. he still has two or three years left on his contract. Pretty big money too. So true. Yeah, I don't true. Know. yeah. I think the, the Washington front office is uh, is is too confident in the players that they have and and don't realize the big picture that mm. other teams are forming superstar caliber teams and they're kind of sticking with their guns and giving their guys a lot of money so they'll stick around hoping they'll improve and they're not. So obviously, I think that they need to trade either Wall or Beal. I think sending Beal to, to L.A. would be great for L.A. They were talking about it earlier in the season. Uh, very poor for Washington. I think Washington is just going to have to give Beal or Wall to a, uh, a worser team if, if they want to uh, be considered yeah, smart again, if you want to say that. I don't really know because right now, <laughs> right now they, d- they just look dumb. And I think that if they were to give their all-stars to, uh, to a good team, a, a, cal- a championship-caliber team, then they just look even dumber, honestly, because – they cannot get things done. Like I said, the front office uh, it has a lot of faith in their guys that, right. that aren't all-star caliber players. So right. they're just, they're just going to add insult to injury if they trade Beal or Wall to a championship contender. So Beal for, for Ingram? If, if that's what they want to do, I think it'd be dumb to, to send uh, an all-star caliber player to LA. But I mean, Ingram obviously does have a lot of potential, but I, I think that if they're going to give Wall or Beal to a team, then give them to uh, Phoenix. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. You want to give? You want to give Phoenix, uh, Beal and Ubre? <laughs> well, right now they're eight and twenty-four. I think if you add Beal or, or Wall to that, I don't think it's going to be much better. Um, or uh, Chicago, well, Atlanta, Cleveland. I mean, well, if you add Wall to the Suns with him and Booker and and Aiden, I think. I think they. Uh-huh. I mean, they, I mean, they won't. They won't win now. They won't win this year. Right, but, right. You know, I mean, they still have. They have. They finally have a pass first point guard, which is what Phoenix needs. Uh, they haven't had one since Nash or really Drogic. So um, that's what they need because Booker. You know, Booker. He's a scorer, uh, but you know, if if they do want to take the the next step, he does have to be able to facilitate. But right, yeah, they should. I mean, if they were to ever do that, that would be crazy. The, the West would right. be really crazy. It- <laughs> it would be a great backcourt for sure. I, Aiton right now wasn't really impressing me, but uh, mm. I mean, sure if they give if they give Waller Beal to Chicago, Atlanta, Cleveland, uh, I, I think that 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 would be fine. Honestly, I don't I don't see much issue there. 
Um, I think that it's in their best interest if they trade Beal, uh, form form a good team around John Wall because John Wall is obviously the better player. Right. Uh, but uh, then also get rid of Otto Porter Jr.'s contract and whatever else they got their Jan Mahimi's 15 mil a year, whatever it is. It's crazy how they paid him that. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, back to the back to the top ten. Six, I got Chris Paul. Uh, again, it's just until I really see a really significant decline, I'm not – it's really tough for me to really take him out. Yeah, and, yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, I, he has the hamstring. He just got hurt again last night against the Heat. So, uh, that's, that's going to be tough. That's going to be t- – that's, you know, that's been the injury that's been nagging him for the, this past couple of years now, obviously, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, so – yeah, that's that's big. That's big. So they, they need him and you know, he's a great facilitator, Hall of Famer. And uh just you look at even look back to those New Orleans days, he was on the Hornets, just how he carried those teams to the playoffs. Those teams, I mean, they weren't that great. I mean they had Tyson Chandler and David West, but that was about it. So he was he's a beast. Um Kyrie at five. You know, I I thought I had Kyrie as a as an MVP favorite coming into the season. Just you know, just looking at the Celtics roster. You know, they really have like twelve guys. You know that are that, that are good, really good. They have. I feel right. like they have three guys that can score twenty five with Kyrie, Tatum, and Hayward. So I was like, man, they're gonna at least you know get close to 60, 59 wins, fifty. You know, close to fifty five plus. But you know, struggling a little bit now. You know, they picked it back up and then lost to the Suns. And I was just like, you know, what's going on there? Like to the Suns, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I got him at five. You know, still, you know, one of the best point guards in the league. Handles are crazy. Best finisher in the A, in my opinion. At, you know, finishing at the rim. Real crafty. Um, Kyrie's, a, Kyrie's a beast, especially being from the East Coast. He's a beast. Uh, another East Coast guy from the Bronx, New York City. Four, I got Kemba. Playing great. Obviously, he wants to make that All-Star game since the All-Star game is in Charlotte this year. That would be great mm-hmm. for him to host that. Um, Man, Kemba's, Kemba's high up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this year, this year he's playing well, man. He's, I mean, he was. I mean, beginning of the season, he was leading the league in scoring. You know, obviously he's gonna come down a little bit, but uh, he, I mean, he has Charlotte there, right there. I mean, they just they have good players. It's just, uh, I mean, it's just I don't know. It's tough to really. Yeah, they have they have some good players, man. Like you know, Parker, Batum. They got some good guys. I don't know. I just think. I, I, don't I think know, the chemistry. I think I, yeah, I think the chemistry's got to get down. I think they're still a little too young yet. Because I would honestly pick Miles Bridges and, and Malik Monk over Batum and, and Tony Parker. Yeah, I don't know why they don't play him. I feel like that should it's be the just, one, two, yeah. three right there. It's just the, the inexperience, really. I think once they all find their niche, really, it'll work out a little bit better than it is. Obviously, Michael Jordan running the thing, they better figure things out. But uh, you you mentioned earlier the All Star game being in Charlotte this year. They're actually trying to get get the All Star game out of there, unless they just stop the efforts of doing that. I think they. Yeah, I think they did. There. I think they did. I think they did stop the efforts. Yeah. I think oh, so. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, got I, I do remember. Yeah, the story about that. Yeah, I think they. Um, I think they still went along with it. And I think yeah, the All Star game is still in Charlotte. All right. But, um, back to you. Back to what you were saying about about the Hornets too. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. You know, it's it's pressure, but I mean, he did draft. He missed out on some draft picks. You know, got Zeller. When I feel like there was a couple other guys that were better than him in that draft class. Kaminsky could have got some. You know, could have got some better guys. They have. They really missed on on these big men. So and MKG picked up Michael uh, Kid Girl. Was was MJ around during MKG? I don't think so. I don't think. What I think. He, I don't think he was majority. I don't think he was majority. I don't think he was majority owner. Okay. Think, yeah, okay. he was around though. Yeah, but I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't think he had like full power yet. But okay. um, so yeah, Kim, yeah, I got Kim, yeah, I got Kim by four, man. He's uh, he's playing really well. 
Uh, he's he's a beast. And then again, just for you know, for a little guy to be to average that much, mm. it's great. So, um, so number three, I have Lillard playing great and playing really well this year, averaging twenty-seven, five rebounds, six assists, shooting just under you know forty percent from the three. Um, and especially for him to shoot at a high clip, for him to, for him to shoot at 45% from the field, is, uh, that's, that's impressive to me. So, you know, it's really almost pretty much almost making half his shots. So uh, he's playing great. Has Portland right there in the in top, top of the Western Conference. Number two, uh, Goatbrook. <laughs> that's, that's why I think, you know, tri- triple-double king. I feel like this is, this is – uh, we're watching the era. This is, this is his era in terms of, you know – the triple double. He's out. He's out. Generations. Oscar Robinson. In terms of that, and uh, he's he's playing great. I mean, he's not. But not. I mean, not playing great from three. You know, struggling from there, like twenty four percent. You know, like sixty percent from the free throw line. The free throw. The free throw percentage threw me off a little bit. I think he'll. You know, he'll pick that back up. But you know, the team is playing well, and he's he's taking less shots. And I think he's starting to. I think he's starting to see that. You know, I need mm-hmm. to get. I need to get PG involved more. And uh, he's starting to really figure that out in order for the team to be successful. And they're playing well. So I, right. you know, he's still averaging the triple-double. So I have to put him up there, too. And then number one, Curry, obvious. I mean, it's really not even close. I mean, the guy right. should, <laughs> this guy's he's a problem, man. And, um, they, I mean, they're going to win it again. They're going to win it again. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, so top ten point guards. Yeah, really, I mean, there's really no no real – Arguments there. I mean, yeah, your list is pretty much pretty much like mine. Um, so this little ranking is a little different, but yeah, those 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 guys those guys are beasts. All right, shooting guards. So I'll start. I'll start for the shooting guards. All right. Yeah. Um, for ten, I got Jalen Brown. You know, not playing that great just because of you know it's really tough to. Uh, to, it's really tough to figure out what they had going on in terms of you know Hayward coming back, Kyrie coming back, so the minutes are different, so the role right. is the role is a little different. So, you know he's struggling a little bit, but I still feel like he's definitely one of the one of the best shooting guards in, in the league. Nine, I had to be, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Oh, you, sorry, yeah, 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 go ahead, sorry. yeah. What you think about Brown this year uh, in the Celtics? Jalen Brown is actually one of my favorite players, but uh, uh, me and Malik Cooper yesterday on my podcast were talking about Jalen Brown actually <laughs> saying that. When the Celtics, when Brad Stevens allows certain players to, to take over, uh, you know, when, when they're up by 20, 30, 40, you know, whether it's late in game or whenever, and mm-hmm. Brad Stevens lets Jalen Brown lead a unit or Terry Rozier, uh, Jalen Brown can go out there and give you 25 if he wants to, but he is a little afraid when he's out there with, with guys like Kyrie and Tatum now and, and, and Hayward. There's just so much talent that, you know, uh, Smaller guys, younger guys don't really know, uh, or smaller is and less talented, don't really know when to take over and when to take certain shots like Jalen Brown. And that's exactly. why last year, Terry Rozier in the playoffs took over because we needed him to, to take over, and, and he stepped up. This year, not so much, but again, if Brad Stevens gives him that chance, I think Terry Rozier can, get, can do the same thing, give us 15 and 7 if he wants to. It's, a, it's all – there's just so much talent on that roster that it, if Brad Stevens allows a certain player to, to want to do what they want, then they're going to like like I said, Jalen Brown might give you 25 a couple of nights in a row because Brad Stevens let him right. So yeah. it all depends on who's out there on the floor because there's just so much talent on that roster. 
Yeah, that, and that's why that's why I had them, you know, top of the East. I think they're gonna. I still think they're gonna, you know, represent the East uh, in the finals. Just based off everything you said, their their depth, and it's not even just their depth. It's just you know the players that they have, like you said, just and then Holford in the middle. Not even talking about. And then I like Robert Williams, young guy, finally you know starting to uh, get acclimated now to the lineup. He's he's playing great. So, you know, yeah, you got yeah. I feel like you know the Celtics are gonna be good. I think Brown. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's gonna be tough for him to find his shots playing with those guys. I think, I think he should probably like start to work on like playing off ball a little bit more, because he's right. not really gonna necessarily have the ball in his hands as much if he's playing with if he's in the um if he's on the court with those guys. So start start to play off ball, do some do some other things. Be the be the defender. Um, you create yeah, you know, create defensive plays to get offensive plays for yourself. If he, if he does things like that, plus you know, work on his shot creating, he's he's gonna be. He's gonna be definitely one of the best two-way guards in the league in the future. So I got, I got yeah, I agree. yeah, I got him at ten. Nine, I have Bill. Again, and and it's, it's the shooting guards. It's you know, it's it's tough. I mean, it's, we got him at nine, but you know, it could really be depending on the rank. It could be anything. But Wizards again, not playing that great. Um, and you know, he's one of the stars. So you know, you have to you have to give him that type of you got to put that type of credit on him. You have to blame him for that. Because uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're the leaders. They're the leaders of the team. So, right. I just feel like you know, I got him. I got him at nine. Donovan Mitchell had at eight. A little bit of a sophomore slump uh, when the season started. You know, started to pick it back up these last these last few games. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's playing well. What do you think about Mitchell? He's not the same leader as I saw he was last year. Um, but that usually happens for a lot of rookies. We, we're seeing a lot more sophomore slumps in both the NBA and the NFL. Uh, I think he's just more more so finding his niche, uh, just still a young guy, second year in the league, and all not really just Donovan Mitchell, but uh, that entire Jazz squad really is, is struggling this season. They're 12th in the West, 15 and 17. Uh, Gobert struggling with, with the refs. You know, he's getting ejected and, and – <laughs> suspensions left and right um or not suspend fines left and right all this good stuff so it's not just d mitch but uh he's still playing all right he's still averaging 20 points per game but they're, they're all trying to figure out that chemistry again i think that they were just having a lot of fun last year and they need to figure out how to have fun again yeah i agree and you know 15 and 17 it's tough I mean, that looks like a bad record but then you look at the western conference you look at you know the difference between they're like a game of every team is every is like a game apart really right the right. Lakers are like 18 and 13 and they're fourth so it's yeah. like you know it's it's that gap I mean the Suns are the only team in the Western Conference that don't have double digit wins so like it's 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 competitive so when you know I, when I look at the record it's like yeah I mean but they're going up against really good teams every night so right there's one of those, you know, it's it's going to be the, the top eight. It's going to be tough to see who comes out of there. And uh, I don't I don't think it's going to be a I, – I, it's going to be a easy easier out for, for Golden State just, just when they get Cousins. But the West still alone is, is definitely is, – it's, it's wild. So, right. uh, I think Mitchell, you know, if he continues to play well and, and definitely picks it up offensively, which is what they need, because they really don't have that – that second guy that could really get, get out there and get you 20, um, get you 20, 25 on a consistent basis other than him. So they really need him to step up more offensively. Right. Um, seven, I have Booker, Devin Booker. Just off, and again, you know, I talked about, I talked about the team for, 
the Jazz and the and the Wizards and how they're not playing that great. But I just feel like ability. If you plug Booker into any of those teams, they would. It, I think I think the teams would be better. Um, right. He's a he's an elite scorer. He's young. I mean, the guy scored seventy. You know, at the age of twenty one, like that's that's wild. So, uh, you know, anybody that can anybody that can score seventy, you know, or you know, at the age of twenty one, and you know, get, get buckets. It's just you know the Suns just haven't been good as a franchise. You know that's not necessarily his fault. Um, so uh, I got him at seven. C.J. McCollum I have at six. Elite shot creator can really get up, can really get his shot off anywhere on the court. Um, him and Lillard, one of the best backcourts in the NBA. So you know he's playing well. Five I have Levine, and again yes wow. I, I know I know that I know the I know the Bulls are really struggling. Um. But I just feel like, again, you know, if you, were to, if you were to put him on one of these teams, like, you know, say if he were on the Trailblazers or something like that, I, I, I mean, you're, you're telling me I don't see a, I don't see a real drop-off. And that's, not the, and that's just to say that him and McCullum are that good. You know, that's not to say that, you know, Levine is necessarily that much better than him. That's just saying, like, they're both that good. I feel like their impact would both be able to carry. Levine is – I, I, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's nice, man. I just, and again, it's the bull. It's not really his fault that the franchise is dysfunctional, you know? Um, right. So I think I got, I got him at five. He's having a good year. I think he's definitely going to win most improved. So uh, I got Levine at five, four, I have Oladipo playing great. Uh, just came back from the knee injury. They, they, I mean, they lost like, close games, some close games recently, but they played great defense and he's obviously, you know, obviously their best, one of their best perimeter defenders. So um, he's playing. He's playing well. Three, I have DeRozan. I mean, he's hit. The numbers are good, but this, you know, the Spurs aren't playing that great, and that's really. I mean, they need they need some they need some help. They need a couple. I feel like they need a couple more stars. <laughs> in San Antonio, I mean, obviously lost the, their best their best player, but I think DeRozan is, can still get you buckets. He's still playing well. Um, so I got him at three. Two, I have Clay Thompson. Underrated defender, wing defender. I feel like he masks a lot of uh, the deficiencies that Curry has when it comes to guarding the top guards. They usually put Clay on those top guards, and Curry doesn't necessarily have to guard those guys. He can really, uh, you know, rest. And essentially, when he's guarding, he's guarding those shooting guards um, for the other team, unless they're playing a team like the Rockets or the Trailblazers, where he has to defend. But and other than that, you know, Clay usually guards the best guard on the opposing team. Doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, he can, I feel like the role that he's in, you know, he's really the catch and shoot guy, but he could put the ball on the floor. He could play in the post. He can make plays. That's just the role that the Warriors need him for. That's why he does that. But he could definitely do those other things like um, the other guys I mentioned. Uh, if he were on his own team, I feel like he would definitely be able to put, the, put up those similar numbers. Right. And, and number one, I have uh, the beard. <laughs> uh, probably the smartest, you know, Chris Paul said he was the, the greatest offensive player He's ever seen like I mean I was I don't agree with that I mean like, obviously there's a couple guys yeah that was that was tough that was crazy but he's definitely one of the smartest though he's definitely one of the smartest in terms of uh, learning you know the rest the contact how to create okay you call it it's fly yeah he flops but if they're gonna blow the whistle hey I mean the rest stop blowing the if whistle it works, it like works. yeah that's what I'm saying if it yeah if it works it works like the ref stop blowing the whistle but one thing I will say about that is the rest they don't blow the whistle in the playoffs and that's when you start to see him kind of struggle a little bit so um interested to see how 
how, one, he plays in this stretch without Chris Paul. And also, you know, if they do make a playoff push, how, how he plays because the refs play, they're a little tighter on the calls. You know, they don't really necessarily blow that whistle um, come April to, to June. So uh, he is smart when it, in the regular season he gets those calls, but come playoff time, he's going to have to be able to adjust. So, but I still have Harden at, at one. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're top 10, top 10 twos in the NBA. All right. So at number 10, we got that Donovan Mitchell with the sophomore slump a little bit here. Hasn't really been super flashy. Hasn't been leading that team like he should be. I know he's young, but last year he was able to be the leader. This year he should just as much, if not more. So Donovan Mitchell up to 10. Uh, CJ McCollum at nine. Very good role over in in, in Portland, and I wish that that Portland had a good front court player to match their amazing backcourt. But I think that Portland, even though – they're what fifth in the West. Even even though right now they're fifth in the West, I think that it would be fair if they traded CJ McCollum for uh, a young front court player and, and a young forward um, and, and like a pick or something like that if they could. Uh, so real quick, let me. Um, you don't think they should trade uh, Nurkic first though? If they want to trash Nurkic, I'm fine with that. They're only giving him twelve million dollars a year, I think. Yeah, so but, it's like I feel like, yeah, I feel like. Don't you think he would probably be the first one to go? It, yeah, and if they want to pack, I think what I would probably do then is package McCollum and Nurkic, get a young forward, a young uh, front court player or two, get a first round pick in there, and I think they're pretty set. Um, but right now, I think that they're kind of stuck, just like Washington. They're stuck because they're giving all these. They have faith in and too many other guys, and they kind of need to blow it up a little bit. Yeah, they need – they desperately need a uh, – they, they need a – they need a wing player. They desperately need a wing player. Right. That's, that's really been they, there. Them and the Pelicans are the two, you know, Western yeah. Conference teams that are like – if they had a wing – if they had a wing player that could get like 18, you know, and, you know, create a little bit, you know, to take some of the offensive load off of Davis and, and Drew and then for the uh, for the Trailblazers, Damon, see if they had that, they would be – they would definitely be e- even higher in the discussion for the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I want to see McCullum go, though. I like him. Yeah, I like him and Dame. Yeah, I think – you know, I just think that – yeah, I like him and Dame. But, but giving two uh, backcourt players $23-plus million a year Right. It isn't going to work out. You're not going to have the money unless they have a good draft, which they won't because they're still going to be playoff contenders, which is bad. So they're going to have to blow it up a little bit because just playoff contenders with, with no money, it, it, again, they're stuck. You know, that's not good. They need to get rid of McCollum, get rid of Nurkic. And not, honestly, they can keep Nurkic, keep him at the five. Get rid of Mo Harkless's $9 million a year. Get rid of Myers Leonard's $11 million a year. And, and, again, bringing some young guys. But, I mean, I played plenty of my league on 2K, and I know that <laughs> you guys, 23-plus million dollars, you have no money, and they're putting both of that, both of those numbers in their backcourt. It's not going to work out. <laughs> yeah, well, my league will definitely get you ready for this, man. Yeah. Right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. number eight, I got Zach Levine. Zach Levine, he is having a great year. He could win most improved player. That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, 23-5-4, and four, I think. Um, not stepping up enough for the Bulls, though. They got seven wins. Yeah, Bulls are terrible. Bad. I was at, I was at the <laughs> Bulls game where the Celtics beat them by 56, uh, historical night for both teams. And and Zach Levine didn't really show up as much as he should have. They, he showed up a little bit more late, late in game, trying to – it looked like he was trying to come back, but it was way too late for that. 
But, uh, I mean, having a pretty good season, definitely I think if he's the most improved player of the year candidate that he should be top ten in his position, I think that's fair. So I got Lavina eight. Then I got Bradley Beal at number seven. Statistically not having that much better of a year, but chemistry-wise, I think he's having, having uh, a better year than last year. Uh, definitely a guy who could, on a bad team, be a leader, I feel like. I feel mm-hmm. like when John Wall's absent, he steps up pretty pretty well as a leader. They don't win because the rest of their team is garbage. But other than that, I think Beal could is, is definitely he's definitely found his niche and um, both as a leader and not as a leader because obviously when Wall is healthy, he's the leader. So now there was I, a, there was a stretch uh, last year when Wall was out and it was just uh, they put Sadarensky at the one and they had Bill. You know, Bill was doing the facilitating and being the you know. You know, uh, being like kind of like the point guard, and they were winning games. Like they were really right. winning games. So, That's true. Though. Yeah, yeah right. Bradley Beal was really out there getting some double doubles with the in the assist category, point yeah. assist category. Sure, yeah. And I, again, that was when Otto Porter Jr. was playing pretty well. Um, I think the best thing for for Washington, they might let Wall go first. I know, I know. This is another case of they got a lot of money just in their backcourt, um, oh. and uh, other than Otto Porter, Jan Mahimi, but. Uh, a lot of money and, and good players just in their backcourt. So I think that what would be best for them is get rid of Otto Porter, get rid of Jan Mahimi. Um, they can easily tank, I feel like, uh, with Wall's injuries. They could easily tank if they wanted to, and they already seem to be doing so, starting out the year 0-9. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, they yo, get a I pretty, think they're trying, man. That's the crazy Yeah. <laughs> I think they could get a pretty good draft pick. Sorry to cut you off. No, they're good. Uh, I think they can get a pretty good draft pick. I think that they get rid of Otto, get rid of Yamahimi for, for a young big or a young wing and then draft, you know, the opposite. And I, th- I think they, they turn out just fine. I mean, the East isn't too hard to come out of, so. I agree, yeah. So, so, so yeah, so these three teams, are, you feel like Portland and Washington are going to probably have a Toronto-type situation go on? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, okay, so in turn, okay, yeah. And I, I can see that, too, because – if you're like you said, if you're just in the middle of the middle of the road, first knocked out first round, you know, may gets may gets a second round, you know, what you know, is that and then you gotta think about the players too. Every you know, people people there was type there was some discussions about Dane possibly, you know, leaving after his contract was up. But you know, I, I you know, I don't I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, uh, Portland's front office doesn't see it like the NBA fans do, but uh, I mean Portland finished last year as a third seed in the West, surprisingly, but then they got swept by the Pelicans in the first round. So, unfortunately, without, without I don't think that, it, right. unfortunately, I just don't think that the Portland front office sees what M- other NBA fans see and mm-hmm. that they need to blow it up to, to actually get anywhere because the goal is to win a championship, not to make it to the playoffs every year, you know, just the playoffs. You shouldn't be satisfied by just making the playoffs every year. That's why a guy like Mark Jackson um, – I, uh, yeah, Mark Jackson, for example, getting fired. You know, I mean, teams don't want to settle for just playoffs. Uh, and and Stan Van Gundy, I want to – no, not Stan Van um, – who was that old – Steve Vogel, I want to say, the old Pacers coach? Oh, Frank Vogel, yeah. Frank Vogel, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frank Vogel. Uh, again, you know, the Pacers were, were really dueling it out with, with the Heat back when Paul George was there. But mm-hmm. they were just sick and tired of, of getting stopped, um, you know, in the semifinals or, or the, the – the conference championship for three, four years in a row, it seemed like. So they got rid of Frank Vogel. So that's, that's the thing is the, the front office needs to realize that they're not going anywhere with, with just Dame and CJ. They need to blow it up. So after oh, yeah. all that, I yes. got Beal at seven. Beal at seven. 
Uh, I got Devin Booker at, at number six. A similar year stat-wise, he's averaging, I think, 25, 5, and 5 around there. Um, again, another great leader. He's had to had to be a great leader, had to grow into that leadership role, unlike he was in Kentucky, uh, in Phoenix now, because they, they haven't had anyone else since he's been there, and they won't for a while. I thought that him and Aiden would have been figuring things out. They had a little dispute earlier. But, uh, you know, time will tell. There's still two young guys. And I think that with, with how terrible they're playing, they're going to get a good draft pick, obviously, and, and hopefully bring in a playmaker because that, I think, is all they're missing. Um, at the shooting guard, Booker's averaging five assists per game. But I think that if they get a true playmaker, then, then they'll be pretty all right. I think Aiden will be, will be pretty, pretty decent, giving them 17 and 10 here in the near future. For sure, um, yeah. Obviously, Booker's going to keep doing his thing. So then at number five, I got DeMar DeRozan. Uh, not having a real flashy year, uh, you know, in recent games, really, and, and another team where they just need a playmaker. Jonathan Murray went down with a torn ACL. So, tough. Spurs tough. haven't been, been really, really been able to get things done with um, just DeMar and, and kind of LaMarcus Stalger. Again, both of these guys haven't been real flashy. The Spurs, though, kind of holding on like they always do. You can never count out the Spurs. One of the most famous sayings in NBA history, don't count out, don't count out the Spurs with uh, Greg Popovich back there. They're still the seventh seed, but again, like he mentioned earlier, if from from three through twelve, it's it's all one game behind each other, and that's how it is every year, even come playoff time. So, Demar got to have him at five, even though you know maybe if you want to give Booker that five spot, move Demar to six, I'd be fine with that. Then number four, I got Victor Oladipo coming off the injury, like you mentioned, being the leader again, but not as much of a leader as he should be right now as he was last year. I, I see a lot of Donovan Mitchell or a lot of, of Donovan Mitchell and Victor Oladipo um, in both of their roles on their teams and, and just as a player in general. And they're both having similar seasons. Um, not real stat-wise. I mean, Oladipo is kind of showing out with the numbers. He's, he's getting six assists per game or six rebounds per game, one of the two, yes. and then five, five assists per game, and then two steals a game, like you mentioned, a great perimeter shooter or perimeter um, defender. So I think that come playoff time, the Pacers will kind of find that, that fun again and, and get things rolling. And, and Oladipo definitely knows how to be that leader like we've seen last year. Number three, I got Jimmy Butler. Uh, went over to Philadelphia and, and became that leader like they needed. Unfortunately, Jimmy Butler isn't a point guard. Uh, they're really missing um, – or excuse me. Uh, unfortunately, Jimmy Butler isn't, isn't – two people really is what I should be saying because they're struggling there with the guards, the backup guards really haven't been able to, to defend like Joel Embiid mentioned. Yes. Um, the backup guards really aren't there. I mean, JJ Redick is averaging 18 points per game, I guess. Um, one of the, he's having, having the worst three point shooting year of his career though. And, and it's really all about defense. I mean, Ben Simmons with his height really isn't a great defender other than Jimmy Butler. They have barely any defense over there at the guard position. And obviously Jimmy Butler isn't playing the entire game. So, uh, they need to figure some things out. Unfortunately, they couldn't. You know, they got rid of Robert Covington and Darius Sarge, so they lost some depth. But, um, yeah, I think that Jimmy Butler individually deserves that number three spot for, uh, for the shooting guards. And then number two, Clay Thompson. Everything you mentioned earlier, same, same goes for me. Underrated defender. Obviously one of the greatest shooters of all time in his prime. And just one of the best sidekicks of all time. So then – uh, number one obviously has to go to the beard. I think there's no question about it. I don't think you can put anyone above him. 
at this point in the season, giving us 50-point triple-doubles and whatnot. Not much to say other than, you know, they're kind of turning things around. I think they're on a three-game win streak. They were kind of struggling earlier, but Harden's really stepping it up and a great leader and just a great player. Again, I, I don't know if, if I agree with Chris Paul on one of the greatest offensive players ever, or in Chris Paul's words, the greatest offensive player ever. But, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely a great offensive player for sure. So, so real quick about us, uh, about Clay. Do you think Clay, uh, free agency's coming up, do you think Clay leaves, stays? That's the thing is Clay's not going to leave on his own. He's going to get traded if he leaves and – even then, mm. I see that very unlikely. So I think Clay stays as long as Steph's there, which I don't see Steph leaving whatsoever. No. If Steph's there, Clay's there. That's all I got to say. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I see a lot of people saying Clay to the Lakers and, you know, all these um, analysts on TV that say Clay to the Lakers. And I don't see that. I see him staying. Um, he's that, he has that type of uh, personality. He doesn't really care about uh, being the guy. You know, he just wants to win. And he knows. Right. You no know, playing with the Warriors, playing with Steph, they have the best chance to do so. So, yeah, I see him. I see him staying as well. Uh, yeah, all right. So, second quarter down, shooting guards. Third quarter, the threes, small forwards. Uh, you, yeah, start it off, bro. Um, from, yeah, start it off, small forwards. Okay, well, I don't, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but I kind of want, want you to go first. I like hearing what you got first. So, if you don't mind. I, all right, I yeah. Table on you. It's your podcast and all. I'm not that. No, no, no. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, uh, okay. I, I just kind of like hearing what you got to say first to kind of you see what I can do if I need to change anything. So if you don't mind, if you want to go first, that would be cool. I got you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, thanks. Thank all right, ten, ten. I got uh, got Rudy Gay at ten. Um, you know, playing playing all right. Not again. The Spurs, the, the Spurs, like you said, don't count out the Spurs when you're talking about the Rosen. Gay, you know, this is year two after Achilles um, that he ruptured in um, when he was in Sacramento. He, he was he was he was so good back then. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously, obviously, you know, a decline that's going to happen when you have that have that injury. Obviously, you have seen Kobe suffer with it. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't have that same effect on on Cousins. Doesn't look doesn't look like it, but we'll we'll see. Um, but I have Gay. He's playing well. He's he can always score. He's a bucket for sure. And uh, Again, like you said, the Spurs are going to be right there. It really takes you know, you know, him or in the Rosen to really, you know, have a cert- have a spark for a couple of games offensively to really get them going. And they could, you know, they could potentially turn things around. So I have Gay at ten, number nine. I have uh, Healed, Buddy Healed from the Kings. Oh yeah, uh, definitely playing well. The Kings are playing great this year. Number one in pace. They play fast, and you know, they, they get the ball movement. They get the ball moving. Uh, love, love their, uh, yeah, love their style of play. Hill is a great shooter. Um, I like their backcourt with, uh, with uh, Bogdanovich and Fox, and then obviously having Hill at the three, it just makes them even more, more lethal when it comes to floor spacing. And you know, Hill's, Hill's a great player, and I'm, I'm glad that he found uh, a right, a, a perfect home for him. You know, struggled a little bit when he was on the Pelicans, but yeah. uh, you know, it's looking great, looking great in Sacramento now. So I got him at nine. Number eight, I have Josh Richardson from my, from the Heat. Very good two-way player. Doesn't really get talked about. Um, again, because the Heat really don't have that star player. You know, they have Wade, obviously, but Wade's not, you know, what he used to be in terms of, right. you know, impact. So uh, they really don't have that star player. So he really doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's a very good two-way player. Uh, improved on his three this year. And he's, 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 he's really good. He's really good. And I, yeah, again, I, I just had to show him some love. 
So yeah, Josh Richardson at eight seven. I have Tobias Harris. Was was always was always a great player. Always great all around player in Orlando. Right. Put up you know you know sixteen sixteen eighteen points six rebounds four assists around there. But now you see it converted to winning. You know playing with the Clippers. Clippers have uh, one of the top records in the in the West, and he's he's definitely a big part of that. Well, does he stay next year? I don't know because you know hearing talks about the Clippers potentially picking up, you know, a big time free agent in the summer. So he obviously probably won't be in the picture if that's the case, because I'm pretty sure he's looking for a big contract himself, but you know, he's playing well to eventually, you know, possibly get a contract elsewhere from a team. So, uh, you know, I have him seven uh, playing, playing great six. I have Chris Middleton bucks. Uh, one of the best, one of the best teams in the Eastern conference, one of the best teams in NBA, uh, definitely great sidekick to Giannis since Giannis is more of a slasher. It's perfect to have him as a, as a sidekick. He's a great shooter. So when Giannis does drive and kick, you know he's, you know he'll knock it down. Played really well in the, uh, the Olympic games, the, the yeah. Olympic practice, the USA practices. I was watching the um, the King of the Court. They were doing King of the Courts between him, Paul George, KD, Kyrie, a lot of those guys. And he was he was playing really well. I was very impressed with him, and I I felt like he was going to have a really good year. And you know he's he's playing well. So I have him at six five. I have. Jimmy Butler, you know, he's a, he is a shooting guard, but on the, on the Sixers, he's a three because, you know, they have, uh, okay. have Redick at the two, right. So, I, you know, I put him in the small forward list. But That's fair. Yeah, so one of the best two-way players in the league. Uh, could get you a bucket for sure. You know, his, love his grit, love his personality in terms of wanting to win. The story is amazing, you know, being pretty much, you know, almost out of the, you know, out of the first round coming out of Marquette was really just a defender when he was on the Bulls when he first started to now developing into an all-around player. It's a great story. So Jimmy Butler, five. Four, I have Paul George. Really having an MVP type type of season. Uh, top two top two in steals. Him and Westbrook are one and two in steals per game this year. OKC is number one in defense, and he's a big part of that, especially uh, on the wing def- um, defending. Uh, again, another guy played played really well. In those um, those summer practices, those USA summer practices, he played really well. Uh, I felt like he was going to have a really big year, and saw him also saw him play um, in the, at the Rico Hines uh, prime games in the summer too, playing with Westbrook, playing with Harden. He looked he looked like he was ready to go. So right. he's, he's playing great. So I have him at four, three, the claw. Uh, I mean, just to me, he's, to me, he's the best defender in the NBA. Can play one through five. Just. I mean, it doesn't say much, but just says a lot on the court. And that's the type of player that I like personally, you know, a guy mm-hmm. that, that's not necessarily, you know, um, you know, he doesn't need to say a lot for, for his actions to, to speak for itself. And, right. you know, he, you know, he brings it every single night. Well, every single night that he's playing, <laughs> uh, you know, he's been, you know, had, you know, came off the injury last year. So it's understandable for, you know, him to miss a couple games, not necessarily do back to backs. It's understandable. And plus you need him down the stretch finals MVP. So, I feel like, you know, I feel like they made the right they made the right they made the right trade. I mean, you had to you had to go get a top three player for the Rosen, who's you know borderline top fifteen player. So uh, that, it was a no brainer to, to make that deal for Kawhi, and it's showing. And that's why you know the Raptors have one of, have the best record in the NBA. Two right. KD is one of the greatest he if you want to talk about one of the greatest scorers you've ever seen he's definitely one of the greatest scorers i've ever seen you mm-hmm. know can do it all he's, ever since he's been ever since he got to golden state he's definitely become a better defender 
definitely I wish wish I would have saw that more OKC, <laughs> but uh, it's cool. Right. Uh, four, you know, four-time scoring champion, former MVP, two-time back-to-back finals MVP. So he's the, the thing. The thing with him now is, you know, I feel like he is going to leave Golden State. I, I think that. He he wants to develop a new challenge. I think the new challenge would be um, carrying a franchise to the championship. You know, something to a championship to back to the finals. You know, he did that in OKC, but you know that was when he was a lot younger. He was only 22, 23 back then. You know, now now being thirty, you know, now having the championships. Now he understands the process of winning, what you need to do in order to uh, definitely reach that threshold. So I got Kevin Durant too, and then number one. Uh, you know, LeBron. <laughs> of course. Just, it's crazy. 16 years, eight straight finals. I mean, that's just, you know, and you look at that roster, and that's definitely, that's probably, uh, minus LeBron, definitely one of the worst rosters to ever reached the finals. Definitely, they definitely right. had the worst backcourt, period. And that spoke for itself for the, for the, the, the Hill, the, the Hill missed free throw, and then the JR collapsed. That backcourt alone just spoke for itself for having the worst right. backcourt. And, you know, for him, to, for him to carry them to the playoffs, to the finals, uh, is remarkable. You know, I still kind of felt like he should have been a little bit more aggressive in that overtime game. <laughs> but, uh, you know, only having one point, you know, greatest player in the world. But still, man, um, now going to the Lakers and, you know, pretty much, you know, revitalizing the franchise. You know, I missed it, hadn't been in the playoffs since 2013. So... You know, you know, he's really playing with young guys and to have them fourth in the West and everybody, you know, everybody was saying he wasn't going to be as, he wasn't going to play as well in the West. It was so competitive. They're not going to be as good. Now they're, right. fourth, they're, fourth in the, they're fourth in the West and they're still trying to figure it out. So that's scary to me, really. Um, so LeBron, number one, you know, it just goes to show that he can make anyone around him better and uh, best player in the NBA. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're 10. You're top 10 now. <laughs> All right, all right. So start with number ten at the small forward. I got Robert Covington, a guy I don't think you mentioned, but oh, yeah, um, for sure, yeah, he's very, good. very good defender. I think probably a top five, six, seven uh, defender in the league. Um, one of the best, probably a top three wing defender in the league. A guy that can also shoot, tremendous three point shooter. Definitely, uh, if if he were on a if he were in a good enough role, um, you know, I think he could win a six man of the year award at one point in his career, if he wanted to, I thought maybe this would be the year, but then, uh, you know, he kind of had to play a little bit more than I figured he would, but definitely a guy who I could, I, I could see um, a great, a great three and D player, a guy I can see winning six man of the year at one point in his career. If he's, if he's ever put in that role. And then number nine, Josh Richardson, like you said, having a pretty good year, having one of the most underrated years uh, out of, out of all players in the NBA this season. And, uh, Definitely one of the top guys for Miami. Miami, I don't know what's going on over there. Haven't known for the last two and a half years on what exactly they're doing. I think they're just kind of uh, riding out Dwayne Wade's last year, and then they're going <laughs> to blow it up, hopefully. I they need a star, man. Offseason. What did you say? They need a star. Right. I and it, We all thought it was going to be Hassan Whiteside, and then last season they Hassan said he wasn't happy at all coaches were calling him names I thought that there was no doubt you know there was no doubt in my mind that they were getting rid of Hassan Whiteside but then uh this year he's back at it uh doing what he does best with the points and the rebounds and the blocks you know we can go out there and get you triple double with with uh with blocks right and he's um currently excuse me uh currently a double digit rebounder 13 and a half rebounds per game um 
so doing what he does best, like I said, and and like I, I thought that he was he was gonna go away. I thought that was gonna be the start of the blow up process for Miami, but stuck around. I guess I don't know if the rumors were false or not, but so number nine I got Josh Richardson. Number eight, I got Buddy Heald. 20-point-per-game score, tremendous three-point shooter. The Kings are the most surprising team in the entire league for this year so far for me. Uh, doing much better. winning, Already winning more games than I thought they would, honestly. And and I thought they would have finished bottom three in the West, but no, they're right now they're sitting at 10th uh, in the West, 16 and 15. Yep. And Buddy Heald is, is a huge con- contribution to that. And – Definitely could win a, another guy who could win a six man of the year award if he's if he's on a team with a good shooting guard, um, and also might win most improved player. I mean, he they, who who won most improved player last year? Um, oh man, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I don't know either. That's fine. Oh <laughs> uh, man, uh, but definitely, what my point is that that Heald could win most improved player this year if if it's not uh, Levine, then Heald's definitely up there. Um. Also, or then, then next up at number seven, I got Tobias Harris. Everything you mentioned again, he's going to get you eight rebounds a game. Uh, he's going to get you 18 points per game, a very underrated score. Um, if he's on a good enough team, if he's got a good enough playmaker, I think that in which the Clippers don't really have, Milos Teodosic didn't really put out as much as I thought he would. But uh, – Tobias, one of the most underrated players in the league, definitely a guy. If he's on a good team, he can play much better and will start to show a lot more. But still a young guy, really young guy. And yeah. then number six, we got Chris Middleton, um, definitely a guy who steps up much more in the playoffs, another good 3 and D player, fits his role very well over there in Milwaukee, definitely a good sidekick to Giannis. But like you said, they they really need a, a better sidekick over there. And, and as much as they can use Middleton for the shooting because Giannis can't shoot the three ball, um, I think that – they're going to need a dominant big to kind of pair up with Giannis down low. And I think they'll be fine in their backcourt. But uh, number five, they got Jason Tatum. Um, I, I, I just, it's a little bit of bias. Maybe not. He's having a great year, honestly. Uh, one of when Kyrie's not there, Tatum's the leader. And I saw watching the Celtics play this year when Kyrie's just not on the floor, if he is healthy he's just, and he's just not on the floor, Tatum really steps up. And when Tatum gets the ball, he's going to score. He usually isn't passing out of it. He usually isn't missing many shots. He can he can fade away. He can step back. He can hit the three. He's very lengthy, slim. You know, he can run down the floor and defend if he needs to. He can do he can do virtually anything at this point uh, at such a young age. And I think if he adds a, a playmaking uh, avenue to his game, that with with all that talent in Boston, I think that he could be such a such a great player. I mean. Uh, like LeBron said, he saw a little bit of, uh, of Tatum in him. And if Tatum gets that playmaking that LeBron has, then, I mean, Tatum's going to be great. It's over. It yeah. yeah, it's over so, if he gets the playmaking ability. It's a wrap. Right. And, and number four, I got Paul George having a tremendous year. Finally stepping up a little bit. He's averaging 25-8-4. and four, Shooting uh, 38% from three, but I think that's only increasing because recently, like you said, Russ is finally realizing that if he shares the ball and, and, and PG can go out there and drop 30 and Steven Adams can go out there and drop 20 and 10, then they're going to beat good teams. And so hopefully Russ can stick to his guns and – or stick to – hopefully not stick to his guns and, and switch things up like he has recently. <laughs> and feed Paul George feed Paul George a little bit more. I think that Paul George is only going to improve. And the, and the Thunder only going to win at that point. Were you going to say something? 
No, I remember. Uh, I remember in the summer when, um, you know, because you know, a lot of people, a lot of people try to get at you because people try to say that you don't like Westbrook, but uh, yeah, but you were, but you were right. You were right, and, and that was something that I definitely uh, agree with you in terms of you know him, you know, minimizing the shot selection and definitely getting the other guys involved. And you see that he's doing it now, even though his 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 field goal percentage isn't that great, but the team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is playing well because of the, you know, he, you know, he minimized his shot selection. So. Right. You're, you're definitely, I think that yeah, you're right. Yeah. Westbrook got so hungry without that second all-star that he was, just, he started getting so used to taking so many shots and, and running the offense through him is what, what they do. I mean, if you have a good point guard, you're going to run through the offense through him where in, and in, in Houston's case, it's, it's James Harden because he is just so much better at Chris Paul at this point in their careers. Yes. Um, but with Paul George, uh, or, or excuse me, with Russell Westbrook, I feel like if he was able to get it done with KD, he needs to start doing that with Paul George more. And now they have an underrated center in Steven Adams who, who every once in a while shows out if he wants to. I mean, it's not like he's getting old or anything or they're paying him too much money. I think he, he's in a good situation, and, and he seems happy. And I think that, again, if Russ can, can work it out like he did with KD um, now with Paul George and even Steven Adams, and then, think, then they're going to start winning. And winning, like a lot of people said they would, I, I didn't believe uh, uh, coming into the season that a lot of people were saying, you know, Thunder, third seed, second seed. But the way they're playing recently, if that chemistry gets – it builds up a little bit more, then I, then I think that, um, you know, and they're healthy and they stay consistent, then I think that they could definitely grab a three seed, maybe even a two seed, based on how the West is panning out right now. Um, were you going to say something? Sorry. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, you just, I'll finish and then, the top three. three. Yeah, yeah, and then number three, I got Kawhi. Uh, my top three, same as yours. There's no reason to, to really get in anything. It's it's a pretty clear cut top three LeBron one, KD yeah. two, Kawhi three. Everything you mentioned about those guys, I mean, everyone agrees with them. If you don't, then don't be an NBA fan anymore, really, is all I got to say. But <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, Kawhi getting it done a little bit more than I thought he would. I was a little afraid at the beginning of the season. Uh, was kind of getting back in the groove of things. But now, like you said, he doesn't talk much, but his game speaks for itself. And then, then we got LeBron and KD. There's, there's, no, there's nothing going on. Nothing special going on there. They're same old, same old. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yeah. but one thing I wanted to say about LeBron, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, just talk about um, – yeah, because it's our first time really talking about NBA. So what was your, your thoughts on LeBron going to the yeah. Lakers? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so – for LeBron in LA right now, they're obviously it's not nothing happens overnight. They got to work things out. It's the first year with LeBron over there. They're still thinking about whether they want to trade Ingram and, and bring in another All Star to sidekick LeBron and whatnot. But one thing I want to say about LeBron is that if you put this guy on any team, because a lot of people didn't think that the Lakers are going to make the playoffs because they were they were awful last year. I want to say if you put LeBron on any team in the entire league, they're a playoff contender. And if you put LeBron on any playoff contender, they're now a championship contender. That's just how it's going to be. That's, that's how much confidence I have in, in, in LeBron James, and that's how much confidence anyone should have as he is one of the greatest players of all time. And, and at 33 years old, he's still almost averaging a triple-double. Last year he had the best statistical season of his career at 32 years old. That's something that 99% of NBA players can't say, having at 32 years old one of the best – one of the best – excuse me, one of the best statistical seasons of their career. Yes. And, and LeBron did it, and, and he took, like you said, took that terrible team to the finals, coming back um, down seven, or excuse me, uh, coming back in a seven-game series against the Pacers, 
Um, and then the Celtics took him to seven. So, I mean, the durability that, that this guy has is incredible. Played all 82 games. And if I'm correct, played all, all play all 16, or excuse me, all of the, of the, of his playoff games last year. Um, the durability that this guy has at such uh, really an old age for an NBA player. I mean, he's getting up there at 33 and, and able to do anything. I mean, he can't make a free throw, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's the one thing. Yeah, he needs to work on game, for sure. He's yeah, late in game, he's gonna hit a three for you. I mean, he can run anybody over. He he's to to average eight assists per game with that Cavs roster last year, nine assists per game with that Cavs roster last year shows that he can do virtually anything. And oh, yeah. it's crazy. And, <laughs> Yo, that that team was still, so bad, man. Yeah, and still there's people saying that KD has has now taken over, and I, I mean, as seven foot, he's done things that we haven't seen before. Uh, with great handles can shoot over anybody at seven foot tall. I mean, he's being able to, he's able to do a lot of things that other seven footers can't. And a lot of that has to do with his, with his size. I mean, with, with his, with his, with his build, he's a very slim guy. He can move around, you know, even though he's at, even though he's seven foot tall, he can obviously move around very well being that slim. Um, Not very bulky. I mean, LeBron isn't huge, but he's a pretty big guy. So he's just going to run you over really. But, I just don't think it's time for LeBron to give up that belt yet as the number one, as the number one small forward. If he's still this late in his career putting up those numbers, I don't think there's any reason that LeBron should give up that belt yet. Do you think KD leaving and and going to a team similar to how LeBron left and went to the Lakers, the team that wasn't really that good, wasn't in the playoffs, if KD were to do that and and the team be successful, do you, do you, do you think the discussion will start to be closer? Yes, I wanted to bring that up, actually. Thank you for, yeah. for mentioning that. If you would have traded LeBron and KD for last year's season, had the season, uh, and then start the season there, KD would not have taken that team anywhere near, that Cavs team anywhere near as far as LeBron did. And that's a big thing for me is leadership. Leadership really shows a lot for me how good you are as a player. And, and uh, you know, it's a team sport. There's five guys on the floor. It's not just you. So even though, you know, Katie can shoot over anybody, he's got tremendous handles at seven foot tall and one of the best scorers of all time can, is, is improving his defensive game, can, can obviously grab rebounds. Um, I, I just don't – leadership, again, if, if he were to play for the Cavs last year, nowhere near the amount of wins that LeBron got for them last year. So that, that's, that's what really separates. There's a huge gap there between Katie and LeBron for me. So they won – Cavs won – 49 games, 50 games last year, right? I think so. Close to that, sure. right? Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't think not even not even not 50 in the East? Oh well, well, uh in the playoffs, sorry, I forgot to mention. Oh win as near as many games in the playoffs. Like okay. Down okay. To seven. Or, or excuse me, I said it again. And, um the Pacers taking the Cavs to seven games and LeBron being able to crawl back like he did, no way in hell Katie would have done that. No Man. way. Man, uh, it's yo, it's it's a tough, it's a tough, it's really a tough discussion because, I mean, he did he did go to the finals at twenty three, and they went. I mean, they lost against they lost against Miami just because LeBron needed that ring, like because they lost to the Mavericks. Like right. if they were to go zero and two his first two years in Miami, that would have been bad. So, uh, and again, KD was really young. Man, it's uh, he's he had NBA was different. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, it was different. I mean, he doesn't. Ha- he obviously doesn't have LeBron's playmaking ability and the le- the leadership. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, it's it's different. It's definitely it's, it's definitely levels from that aspect. 
But I still think that uh, I still think I, I think KD. I think KD was in the Cavs. I still think they go to the finals. I still think they go to the finals. I mean, I, I don't see really? any of those. Uh, I don't see the Pacers beating the Cavs. With I mean, because who, who's going to guard KD on the Pacers if they couldn't guard? And I'm glad gone. you brought that up again. You know, <laughs> here's a question I can ask you: Who's going to guard Giannis? Well, that's not a problem because the Bucks still aren't uh, a championship contender, in my opinion. You know, and Giannis is is a is a monster. It's a I little, mean, that dude is crazy. It's a little different with Giannis because, like you said, like you said earlier, Giannis doesn't have the shot, so you could kind of play off him and really hug on the shooters. So, um, you yeah, you could really you could really play off Giannis and really hug on the shooters, which is really what they've done um, recently against the Bucks. I mean, now they have some more shooters. Brogdon has improved from the three point line. So, I mean. KD already, KD's so, he could pull, like you said, he could pull up from anywhere. That's a little different from Giannis, and you're right. I think, like, and like you said, once Giannis does get that shot, yeah, it's a, it's a wrap. But um, right. I, th- I think KD, it's the intangibles would be, I think I, the intangibles right. is something that LeBron definitely has that, that's, that would be higher than KD right now. And I'm saying if he were to leave, and I think, I think we agree, like if he were to leave and, and really show that he could, uh, he could carry a franchise, a franchise that wasn't wasn't that good, you know, because I mean, he obviously was the 73 and 73 and nine Warrior team. Um, if he go to a franchise like you know the Knicks or the Nets or something like, and take them to a uh, elevated status, I, I, people people would definitely put him over LeBron because he beat LeBron twice, and um, it's looking like he's about to have the same amount of rings as LeBron. So. It, right. it's the discussion is going to – it's going to present itself soon, for sure. And as the, as LeBron – I mean, he's not – I don't know – he's not declining, but, you know, he's still young, he's still older than KD by a couple of years. So, it's 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 coming – It's I, I still I, I still have LeBron one, but it's, it's – def- for, for me, I feel like it's close. I think it's I close. think next year it will get close, but right now I just I, – I can't. I can't get myself to say it yet. It's because you see – it's because you see KD on the Warriors and you're like, yo, like, man – like, why did you? <laughs> I, I and I well, feel like I feel like a lot. That's why a lot of people are really hesitant at putting him as the best player because, like, he left OKC and went to the best team, so they don't want to crown him as the best player yet. And I get, I, see, I respect that. Yeah, go ahead. I sorry, but I I just I uh, I respected his decision. He wanted to win. I I was one of the very few people who respected his decision. And it's not that you know I see him over there in Golden State with all that talent around him or. You know, just not being on, being the leader of a team, as I think Steph is the leader. Yes. Uh, I still think he's a great player. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, he definitely deserves to soon be be a top of a list of whatever position, you know, small forward, power forward, whatever list you want to put him at. Um, I mean, his his numbers speak for himself, but or speak for themselves. But I just LeBron's in the way, and and LeBron is still just so darn good. So. It really has nothing to do with the Warriors. It all has to do with LeBron. Yeah, we're yeah we're I, we're not even yeah we're not even really disagreeing. I, this it's like one A one B man. It's with these right, two guys. Right. It's uh, it's it's close, man, for sure. And then you definitely saw it. You even saw it back then, like we talked about in the finals when uh, OKC and Miami met up. You saw you know this this was going to present itself soon. You know who was going to be the best player in the NBA. So, right. uh, yeah, those those two guys they're top top of the line so uh third quarter wrapped it up with the threes great great discussion uh, those there's some good players that you mentioned too i forgot about covington i told i totally forgot about covington i, I blanked on that that yeah he's he's, he's very good he's, he's been playing well for minnesota minnesota yeah good. 
Um, all right, so let's go to the this is front court now. Um, power forward centers, fourth quarter. Power forwards. Uh, I think, yeah, I start off. I start off. Uh, I did small forward, so yeah, you could go, bro. And um, yeah, from all right. Yeah. All right, yeah. So with the power forwards at ten, I got uh, Aaron Gordon, a guy who I think should be playing um, a bit better right now, but still decent year for him, uh, and, and only improving if he can stay healthy. I mean, the guy's still really young. Uh, has a decent mid-range jumper, and and for the Magic, he's doing all that he can do. But again, like I said, he should be doing a bit more. But uh, yeah, that's why I have him him at ten and not any higher because he should be should be a twenty point per game scorer at this point with that roster. But then at number nine, I got Serge Ibaka. Honestly, I mean, this dude's been balling out for the Raptors, uh, fitting his role very nice on the defensive end. And just the other night, dropped 30 points. I mean, every once in a while, he's, he's, he's spitting out some good numbers. And definitely a guy they're going to need in the playoffs. Hopefully he can stay healthy for them. Well, as a Celtics fan, I hope he, he isn't healthy. But, you know, nothing nothing too serious. But um, definitely a guy that, that is fitting his role great on his team. And that's that's a big deal for me. Leadership, you know, know your role and, and fit it fit your role well is, is, is big. You know, it's not all about points per game, rebounds per game, et cetera. Uh, it's it's the things that don't show up on the stat sheet. So, surge at nine. Then I got Julius Randle at eight. A guy having a pretty daggum decent year, honestly, and and as he should with that with that New Orleans roster, him and him and AD really uh, getting it done, but not enough to to uh, you know getting it done on the stat sheet, but not enough to win as many games as they'd hope. But obviously. Everyone in, in New Orleans knows that the Pelicans aren't a championship can, contender anytime soon unless they uh, build around AD a bit more, even though Drew Holiday really is balling out. Uh, I, it's not enough. They don't really have all-star talent in Holiday and Randall. And Randall is averaging nine, 19 and 9, um, but it's just not enough to get out, uh, get out of the West. And, and maybe if, if New Orleans was in the East, if the Pelicans were in the East, I think that, you know, they might – they might be pretty good, sitting pretty good in the, in, in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be a top five team in the East, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, in for the sure. West, it's pretty hard. So, uh, Randall's really doing his thing. I'm going to give him the eight spot. Seven, I got uh, Paul Millsap, a guy who last year wasn't having too great of a year. This year, kind of getting back from injury and, and whatever else it was, kind of finding his role over there in Denver. I mean, he's giving you 13 and seven, but what he does – in Denver uh, for the Nuggets, I think, really gets him above those last three guys I mentioned. And, and another thing, you know, knowing his role. Number six, I got Kevin Love. This one was kind of hard, but uh, even though battling with injuries and whatnot, I feel like I just have to have a guy like Kevin Love uh, as high as he is. So um, only played four games so far this year. He's averaging 19 and 13. So the numbers are obviously pretty good, but they're only through four games. But So let me ask I've, you, let me ask you why – you said so. You said you feel like you gotta have you gotta got, gotta have a guy like Kevin Love. What what is it about Love that that um that that has you over those other guys? Just, uh, well, I, know, really, I know you said he was hurt, but just on a on a skill level. It, I mean, well, if we're if we're talking about the skill level, I mean, has the outside touch. He's he's easily gonna grab ten boards a game for you. He's a tremendous scorer at the four. Um, and sometimes, you know, spits out some something on defense pretty – and he shows up in the playoffs if he wants to. I mean, in Minnesota, he, he couldn't because he could never get to the playoffs in Minnesota. And if he did, he didn't show up. But uh, in <laughs> Cleveland, I mean, he was a decent sidekick over there. Um, well, or, or third third option. If right. he could stay healthy, he's, he's good, really good. And 
the reason I have him as high as he is and not ahead of my next guy is because – or the reason I have him as high as he is is because if he played out the rest of the season, I think he would have – he would deserve that five or six spot, maybe even four with, with his role in Cleveland and no one else around him really. He would need to put up good numbers. And he just he, – he would because that's, that's, how good I, that's how good I think he is, is that he just, he just would with that talent around him. Uh, he, would just, he would just give you that 20 and 10. And at least I think he would give you even a bit more if he was fully healthy with that current Cleveland roster. So, but due to the injuries, I have the next guy ahead of him, Kyle Kuzma at number five, uh, guy who is improving, thankfully, not having too much of a sophomore slump. And I really like Kyle Kuzma was second round pick, I believe. So definitely proving him wrong. He's averaging 18 and six, um, not shooting really well, averaging 48% from the field. That's not bad, but only 30% from three. Hope to be a bit higher. But, uh, yeah, I think Kuzma is definitely one of those. Uh, it, it, if he wasn't starting at the four, definitely a six-man-of-the-year candidate. But for some reason, they got him starting at the four. I honestly thought that they put LeBron at the four, Ingram at the three. But uh, Kuzma starting's fine. I think that I think Kuzma is better than Ingram. But I, I thought that maybe Kuzma would provide that spark off the bench. But, yeah, I got Kuzma at five, having a pretty good year. Again, knowing his role, helping out the team, that's a big deal for me. Number four, I got Draymond, who's kind of having a down year. But I know his value and, and uh, I mean, averaging six, eight, and seven, that's, not, that's nothing crazy. But his value <laughs> to the Warriors, his value to the Warriors is, is huge. So I got to have him at the four. I think that if Caleb were healthy, he'd definitely be ahead of Draymond. And it'd be fair to say that Kuzma could be ahead of Draymond with, with how Draymond's uh, – with his scoring mishaps. But, um, yeah, I got Draymond at four. Then on number three, a guy who I thought would be playing a bit better, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, given, uh, given San Antonio 19-9 and nine this year, uh, shooting 40% from the field should be a bit higher for being a big, but he does take a lot of mid-range shots. But, uh, yeah, I think that if him and DeMar can step it up um, – then that then you know you can't even count the Spurs right now like I mentioned but him and DeMar need to step it up a bit but I still think with with really the the not so much talent at the four spot I mean we, we have guys like Aaron Gordon Julius Randle Paul Millsap in there at, at the uh, at, uh, in the top 10 at, at, at power forward sorry yeah um, it's just there's not a whole lot of talent here so it's kind of weird to put LaMarcus Aldridge at number three but I mean, Kevin Love's injured. Draymond's playing bad. So I got LaMarcus Aldridge at three, really by chance there. And then number two, I have Blake Griffin. Um, you might be wondering where's Anthony Davis, and, and I'm going to put Anthony Davis in my in my center list. But uh, number two, I got Blake Griffin having a better year, uh, really stepping it up for the Pistons. I was, I was a little afraid last year. He's averaging 25-9-5, and five, shooting 37% from three. Um, but I was a little afraid last year once he got traded. He was kind of battling with injuries and looked like he was on a bit of a decline. But he's kind of bounced back a little bit this year. And him and, and Drummond, one of the best front courts in the league. So Blake Griffin, I think, definitely deserves that too. Again, not a whole lot of talent at the power forward spot. So give him Blake Griffin the two. And then Giannis, of course, number one. Not much to say there. He's having a monster year. Monster as, as a defensive player of the year candidate, an MVP candidate. He's my MVP right now. He's given the Bucks 26, 13, and 6 as a power forward. He's getting six assists per game. And 
uh, shooting 59% from the field, taking a lot of shots. So I think easily one of the most valuable players in the league, and if not MVP. So, yeah, there's my top 10 power fours. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis is insane, man. He's uh, special, special. So you definitely feel like, you know, Shaq, Shaq uh, said that uh, Giannis is the new Superman of this era. I feel like you definitely agree with that, right? Just, just uh, yeah, I, I would, plays, yeah, I would give it to him. I would give it to him. All right, all right, uh, all right. My top ten. At ten, I have uh, I have Draymond. Just, I mean, that's fair, hurt. honestly. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> he's been hurt, been nicked up. So it's it's not really about you know ability or skill. It's just you know just I just want to give uh, credit to respect to some of the other players who are playing well, who right, are actually right. playing. Um, so yeah, I have Draymond at ten. Uh, nine, I have Millsap. Like you said, Nuggets Nuggets are a great team, man. Um, number one in the West. Uh, they they play great. You know, he's obviously been hurt a little bit with the with the foot, I believe. But you know, he's he's going to be a big factor. You know, when he comes back and when he's healthy, has playoff atmosphere. When he was on the Hawks, when he was on the Jazz, so he, you know, he's he's a leader, like you said. So that's going to be he's 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 a very good player, very underrated player too. You know, I remember him and uh, him and Al Jefferson back in the day in Utah days. They used to they used to get buckets. So. Uh, Right. I got Millsap nine. Eight, I have uh, Nikola Mirotic from the Pelicans, you know, playing really well. You know, was a great uh, complimentary piece to, to AD since AD, since uh, when Cousins went out and AD moved back to the five and they put Mirotic to the four, kind of be that stretch four guy. It kind of fit their, their, team, their play style better in terms of pace, uh, moving the floor. Uh, definitely, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a stretch four. So it really didn't work out in Chicago. Chicago really, really has a lot going on. Like we talked about, we were talking about Levine. So, you know, it was, it was, it was nice to see him get a, a good change, change of scenery. And I think, you know, the, the way Alvin Gentry plays, you know, similar to how D'Antoni plays in terms of, you know, up and down the court. And it, it, fit, he, it fits his style perfectly. And pay, playing with AD, you know, they're going to obviously double team him. So he's going to get a, a lot of open looks. So he's playing great. Seven, I have uh, – Pascal Siakam from the Raptors. I know you, you put a you put a Baca. You said a Baca. I think they have a Baca at the five now since they move uh, Valanciunas to the bench. So they put a Baca at the five to kind of do kind of like play small. So they have uh, Siakam at the four, and he's he's playing great. Um, you know, long. He's he only he's only like he's only like yeah. twenty four. He's only twenty four years old. He was in the G League a couple years ago, and to now make being the star lineup, uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. It says a lot, so I definitely got him up there at seven. Six, I have L.A., LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I, I really wish that he would be more dominant in the post. Um, like you said, he takes a lot of mid-range shots, but if he was, if he, you know, if he was more inside, his inside game, his, like you said, his field goal percentage should be a lot higher for being a guy that, that plays inside. I feel like he relies on the mid-range too much, and that kind of hurts, hurts San Antonio at times. You look at when they had Duncan. Duncan was so dominant. You know, with the post moves, you know, he's called Mr. Fundamentals. And, you know, he, his, his play style in the post on the block kind of opened up a lot of open looks for, for Tony and Ginobili and those other guys back in their heyday. So I feel like if he was to play like that and be more dominant in the post, which he can, because, you know, a lot of fours in the NBA are really, uh, I don't like to say soft, but I'll say finesse. <laughs> they're, fin- they're more finesse this, uh, in this right. And So I feel like he should definitely use his size more as opposed to just settling for jump shots. But I have him at six. Five, I have Julius Randle. Balling, balling right now. Lakers really look foolish for, for, not, for not keeping him. Right. Uh, you know, you, they re-signed 
they resigned KCP, gave him 12 mil. I feel like they should, that 12 mil should have went to Randall. They didn't have to. They didn't have to get rid of any of the young core guys. I feel like LeBron and, and Randall would have played perfectly together, especially how they play in terms of pace and the fast break. Them running the break with LeBron and Ball and Randall that would have been fun to watch. And uh, Randall, Randall's now shooting threes at a, at a better clip. He's 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 starting to become you know he's starting to show why he was drafted that high when he came out of Kentucky. So he's really athletic, left-handed player. Um, has a great game, and he's 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 still young. He's only like 25, so he's great. Uh, four, I have Aaron Gordon. Uh, you know, the Magic, the Magic are, you know, they're playing better than I thought, really. I, I you know, I thought, you know, they were going to be, you know, one of the worst, one of the worst teams in, in the East. Obviously, one of the worst teams in the NBA again, but they've obviously, they've won some games, you know, Vujicic playing well. And uh, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon's playing, playing a part of that too. You know, they got, they have double digit wins right now. So they're, they're playing good. I, I like Gordon's game. I think, like you said, he should he should be playing a little bit better in terms of you know being the guy. Right. Uh, you definitely probably expect him to probably average you know close to twenty or more than twenty at this point. But again, um, still a very young player, and you look at how he developed from when he came out of Arizona. He had no shot at all. He couldn't shoot at all. He couldn't shoot free throws. To now, you know, he's doing dribble pull ups. Has a great handle. Can shoot three. So he's developing into you know one of the, one of the, one of the top players in in the league. And right. definitely these Eastern Conference. So I have him at four. Three, I have Kuzma. Probably, probably the one, of, one of the only guys that really didn't, you know, have a, a real slump. You know, he actually got a lot better. You know, Ball obviously had a little slump just, just because, you know, Rondo. Rondo's there, so he's kind of splitting minutes. Um, Dennis Smith been, has been hurt. Like you said, we talked about Mitchell. So, you know, he's, he's definitely improved. And for him to be drafted where he got drafted, for him to continuously get better, I definitely had to have him in my top three. And he's he he plays perfect with LeBron. Be able to can able to, can able to stretch the floor. He plays off the ball well. Something I think Ingram doesn't do, which is why he kind of struggles playing with LeBron. Uh, I think I think Kuzma really understands. Okay, if LeBron has the ball, he's obviously going to command a double team. And with LeBron's IQ, let me cut to the basket. Let me do certain things to get open, um, to necessarily get myself involved without shooting. And uh, I think Kuzma's really starting to figure that out, which is why him and LeBron have great chemistry. So I have Kuzma at three, at two. I have Blake. I mean, I, I love the combo with him and Drummond. I feel like that. I feel like that combo is a lot better than him and Jordan. And uh, and then when he was he was on the Clippers, just because Drummond Drummond could really he and this, this is another guy, really young guy who could really he could definitely be one of the best bigs. He definitely one of the best top top two top three centers. Um, in the league, so that combo is great. Blake Blake's playing well. His jump shot has improved. Another guy. You know, when he came out of Oklahoma, really didn't have the three-point shot, really didn't have a mid-range shot. He was just, you know, I'm just dunk on you, pick-and-roll guy. Now he's facilitating and, uh, you know, now he has, a, he has more of a um, versatile offensive game. So Blake at two and then <laughs> the Greek freak at one. Uh, he's, def- he's, he's my MVP as well, playing great. Like you said, 26-13 and six. Just... I mean, once like we keep saying, once he gets the shot, it's, it's pretty much a wrap. I just, I just, and I also like the way the Bucks play. You know, they have shooters around him, and that's how you, that's how you build a franchise. You know, you you figure out what what your what your best player does well, and then you you move accordingly. And that's what the Bucks have done. So that's why you start to see Giannis become so successful. Um, so right. yeah, Giannis, at, Giannis, obviously number one power forward. And they, I didn't have Love because like Love was hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. love, love, I that's mean, love, fair. That's fair. yeah, love is um, love is got like love. I mean, 
in Minnesota, I just, I just now, just now watching him play with LeBron, like I know what he is. You know, he's, um, you know, he's not, a, he's not a, he's not a player that could, you know, carry a team to the playoffs. Obviously, you know, you saw that when he was in Minnesota, and then, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the finals, he got hurt. You know, he got hurt the first year, so, you know, it's tough to really, you know, say anything about that. But, you know, I feel, I just feel like in terms of the the big threes that LeBron has played with, I feel like Bosch definitely a better better third option than love but you know love love is good man. yeah love is good man he's he could like you said get you 20 and 10 cup you know around three three to five assists a night so he's a good player just you just need other you just need other pieces around him because right, he right. is he can't stay healthy and yeah so <laughs> that's that's you gotta do about love but another another guy honorable mention for the power forwards uh, jaron jackson jr rookie playing really mm-hmm. well with the uh with the Grizzlies and his, his play style fits the Grizzlies perfectly. They play, they play defense and he's, but he's, he's going to transition and become very, uh, an all around player. You can see it. He's shooting three. So Jerry Jackson, honorable mention, but those, those are our top 10 power forwards for the fourth quarter, right? Overtime centers, last line of defense. Uh, you want me to go or you've, uh, if you if you don't mind me going, I can go ahead and yeah. start her off. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Yeah. All right, all right. So, at number ten, I got my guy Al Horford, uh, a guy that since since he came to Boston has done a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And I've said this multiple times that he's really really valuable. He, he only averaging twelve and seven, like last year he was averaging thirteen and, and seven, I think. Uh, but is so valuable with that veteran leadership, that playoff experience to bring to all those young guys in Boston and, and just inexperienced playoff guys in Boston other than Kyrie. Um, but really young squad in Boston, a lot of depth over there. So Al Horford's definitely very valuable. And, and really at this point, uh, watching Tyus really grow into a, a solid five for, uh, for Boston and Aaron Baines really stepping it up more and, and really holding it down as he, as, as much as he can, just enough really. Al Horford really shouldn't be any higher than, than 10 or maybe even nine. But uh, he has also been battling with some injury. But come playoff time, I think it'll be a nice piece to have. But Daniel Tice has definitely been stepping up a lot more this year, and I like to see that. So I got Horford at 10. Um, number nine, I got Steven Adams, another guy that does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet, setting screens to get guys open. Very valuable for the Thunder. Definitely a guy they need in the front court uh, as they have Westbrook and, and Paul George and just like back in the old days. Um, KD and Westbrook really didn't have anybody. They had who? Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, yeah, they struggled. So, they struggled at the five back then. Yeah. Yep. It is kind of nice to have a, a really good point guard, a really good wing, and then, uh, I mean, at above average uh, big and Steven Adams. So very valuable over there. Just does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet uh, other than the other night when he when he put up a, a good double-double. And, again, I mean, sending screens to get guys open and does a lot of good things on the defensive end, a guy that a lot of people are scared of, a lot of other players are scared of, honestly. Um, <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, and and it's just just a beast down low. So, number eight, I got Miles Turner, a guy who I wish would step it up a bit more and improve mm. a bit more. Um, but a great defender it is going. He can he can shoot. Um, he's giving you a, I think twelve and seven, just like just like Al Horford. But uh, once once I th- he's still really young, so I think that that's a big part of it. Once he starts improving more. He, he's gonna he's gonna be a guy who can give you 18 and, and 10 and then three blocks probably in his prime 
already averaging like 2.4 this season, I think. So, yeah, uh, yeah leads the league in blocks per game at 2.84. So, again, great defender. think that, with, you know, just being such a young guy that maybe you could put him at the nine and have Steven Adams at the eight with how valuable, you know, the value difference between those guys. I think Steven Adams is much more valuable than Miles Turner. But, uh, yeah, I got Miles Turner at the eight. And then number seven, I got Hassan Whiteside. Just talking about him earlier, having a much better season than I thought he would. And with the Miami Heat, a team who I didn't think he'd be a part of. So uh, a guy that's giving you, I think, 13 boards a game. Great defender. Just, again, doing what he does best. And then number six, I got DeAndre Jordan, a guy giving you 14 rebounds a game. Very valuable to any team. Very athletic. Improving his free throw shot. Um, only giving you 11 points per game. Not like he really needs to score a bunch with, with DSJ and Doncic. But uh, I think that DJ is a pretty pretty good third option. Um, not late in game, but more so just throughout throughout the first three quarters. I think that down low he can bully people and, and get get an easy way in. He's a very he's he's always shot very high uh, in, in field goal percentage just because he just bullies bullies bigs down low. So he gives you some valuable points, and then obviously fourteen boards a game speaks for itself. And then we got Andre Drummond at number five, averaging eighteen points per game this season. So that's a big improvement for him. Uh, average, leading the league with 15.5 rebounds per game. That speaks for itself, especially in today's uh, era. We don't usually see a lot of those major rebounders other than him and DJ. Yes. Uh, we see, you know, like Jokic is really, you know, a, a great facilitating big, and we never saw that, right? So we, right. we see a lot of major scoring bigs nowadays with, you know, they'll give you 10, 11, 12 rebounds, but uh, Drummond stepping up with 15.5 rebounds per game, also a good defender. Uh, we, we've seen a couple of threes from him this season. And yeah, I see it. Shot, yeah. So that's good. The step yeah, back good. against Minnesota. Yeah, pretty, still, pretty still impressive. a young guy. Um, I think that definitely has to be in the top five, Andre Drummond. And then number four, Carl Anthony Towns, a guy who honestly could be the three through five, uh, not position-wise, but in, in the list. Right. Um, uh, between him and Drummond and then my next guy, Nikola Jokic. Uh is going to give you 18 points per game. He can also uh, average – he's going to average a double-double every night. And then he gives you that six or seven assists per game, which we don't see barely any centers doing seven assists per game. So that is huge. He leads his team in assists per game um, around that seven mark. And then improving his defense, also a really good shooter at seven foot tall. That's huge. Then number two, I got Joel Embiid. Everyone's seen Joel Embiid. He's he's in and out of Sports Center like it's clockwork. I mean, this dude's a <laughs> uh, great scorer. Can can shoot the three ball at ease now. Not very athletic, but I mean, he's gonna he's gonna bully you down low, and he's and on the offensive and defensive end. Um, turned into a young Hakeem, is still again very young. If he can stay healthy, he's gonna be one of the greatest bigs ever, I believe. So great scorer, great rebounder, great defender. Right behind number one. Anthony Davis, uh, not really much to say here. I mean, the dude's the dude's giving you, I think, 26 and 12. Great defender, still a really young guy. And the big question with Anthony Davis is, you know, can he stay healthy come playoff time so that they can start winning something? I mean, him, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle, if they can step it up in the playoffs, they can maybe make it past the second round. And, and another big question for AD is, you know, uh, where, where is he going? Is he going to stick around? I just got a notification today from Bleacher Report saying that 
that he wasn't they, that they weren't going to trade him at any cost. You know, I mean, unless someone's offering LeBron James straight up, I. <laughs> and oh, Davis is so young and so talented that I just don't see him going anywhere. Uh, you know, not on his own. I don't see the Pelicans getting rid of him. But if he does go somewhere, it's going to be on his own. All right. Yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. Ad. Yeah, AD, I feel like so, – so you think Lakers, right? You, think, you feel like he's going to go to the Lakers or, or the Celtics? I mean, if he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be on his own. But if they can start building around him in the next three years, I think that he has on his contract four years, then he might stick around. They already got a young Julius Randle. Holiday's kind of in his prime, you know, in, in three years. I think that maybe they, they have a few – or three or four years, they have a few more younger pieces that are stepping it up. Um and, you know, especially like we were mentioning earlier, if they get a good wing player, uh, an athletic wing, then um, they'll be pretty set. I think, I think I can see him sticking around. He seems like a pretty genuine guy. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, we'll see. Only time will tell because he still has a hefty, hefty amount of years left on his contract. And four years from now, the NBA is going to be still, I think, much different than it is now. There's going to be a lot more super teams and – God only knows what the NBA is going to look like in four years. So we'll see. Yeah, man, that's going to be a crazy time. Zion's going to be in the league, and mm-hmm. that, that time's going to be crazy. All right, uh, my top 10, top 10 centers. Number 10, I have uh, Nikola Vujicic from the Magic. Really underrated guy. Doesn't really get a lot of recognition uh, across the league. Because you know the Magic haven't really haven't really played that well over the years, but you know, again, like I talked about with Gordon, you know they they've been all right. You know, middle of the pack, not you know that great, but um, they've been okay. So he's always he's always been that uh, eighteen to twelve range, uh, 18, 18 points, twelve rebounds type of guy. So double double machine. So I, I yeah, got maybe a guy who I should have slid in at the ten. I agree with what you're saying, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's um he's good, he's good. He doesn't get talked about a lot, but he um he could definitely he could definitely ball. Uh, number nine, I have uh, Clint Capella. Actually, no, no, no. Number um, I'm sorry. Number nine, I have Al Horford. Like you said, struggling a little bit, but you know he's he's one of those guys. I'm not really worried about that. Him struggling right now and earlier in the season, you know he's he's one of the guys that they brought in for for the uh, experience. You know later on, um, come playoff time. So. You know, struggling right now, but you know it's fine. I think that he's he's gonna he's gonna really be well and be a big factor for the Celtics uh, when they make this playoff push. Uh, number eight, I have Clint Capella, one of the best uh, one of the best rim protecting bigs in the league. Rockets need they needed him. It was it was great that they yeah, signed him. I yeah, screwed up on that. I forgot about Capella. Yeah. Yeah, Capella. Yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah, he's and 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 the thing is about about, you know, pretty much this range, like, from nine to six. A lot of, a lot of these guys, they do the same thing. You know, they run the floor, catch lives, right. play defense. Right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to rank them because they, they have similar type of skill sets. So if you were, like, to plug and play, you know, would, would, you know, would their production still be the same on that specific team? So, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, yeah, like, it's like – I guess I left Whiteside out just because, like, you know – Whiteside and Turner, yeah, I love, I love those guys. Just because, yeah, they they do they do similar things. I just feel like you know Capella being on the Rockets and being such a you know a key part for them, especially how their their defense is already not that great. So just imagine if their interior defense was struggling, they'd be really bad. So I think Capella, I got Capella at eight, seven. I have Drummond, double double machine. 
uh, he could definitely um, upgrade his uh, his offensive game as well. Definitely catch lobs. Player, he's, he plays great with Blake, and Blake's a great passing big man. You already seen you already seen when he was on the Clippers. He always threw lobs to to DeAndre. So I have Drummond at seven. He, he all he has, I think what he has to maybe improve on is more of a back to the basket type game. If he could develop that. And you know him. Him and Blake could play off each other like that. They would be, they would be unstoppable. Similar to how I thought AD and Cousins would be. If you know, unfortunately, Cousins went down. But I thought you know they would kind of similarly play that type of style. So I think you know if, if Cousins, I mean if Drummond could play with his back to the basket a little bit more, the Pistons, the Pistons could be very formidable in, in the Eastern Conference. Number six, I have Stephen Adams playing excellent basketball. The, uh, the you know the last line of defense of the number one defense in the NBA OKC. Okay, he needs they need to give him the ball more. He ha he actually has a nice back to the basket game. You know he doesn't get he doesn't get a lot of those looks because you know Paul I mean Paul George and Westbrook have the ball so much. But I feel like if they dump it down to him on the post a little bit, let him get that little uh, that little hook shot, he could definitely hit that. He has a nice touch for a big man. He's developed his game. Uh, so much from when he first got into the league to now, he's very athletic. He he's extremely athletic. You know, yeah, uh, he's extremely athletic. He's and like you say, he's still young. When he, when he got drafted by OKC, he was only nineteen, so he's only like about twenty four now. So he's a great piece. I'm glad that they resigned him a couple of years back. So I have him at six. Number five, I have Marcus Saul, former Defensive Player of the Year, Grizzlies. Yeah, again, I I did not expect the Grizzlies to be in this. Uh, in this playoff hunt, really. So uh, it's, 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 he's, he's playing great. Had a, had a kind of a down year last year. You know, he had the, the problem of Fisdale and that really didn't work out. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, work, it's working now with the new coach they have. And, you know, obviously Conley coming back obviously plays a big factor. And then, like I said, with the addition of Jaron Jackson, so now their front court is a lot more formidable than it was prior. So I, I love Gasol. Gasol, obviously, we talk about Jokic. Gasol is one of the best passing big men. Uh, the league has right. seen. so you know he's 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 a great player. So I have him at five, four. I have Cat. You know, I never really viewed him and Butler. You know, people people talked about the rumors with certain situations, but I, you know, I really don't. I really don't get caught up in in that type of thing. I think that it just didn't work out, and he's he's obviously playing better since Jimmy got traded. I think that trade helps him. The fact that they ended up getting two guys that could actually stretch the floor in Covington and Sarge, so now he could play more with his back to the basket. And you know, if the defense does collapse, he could kick it out to those guys and uh, and right. get some more assists. So I got I got Cat at the four, three I have Jokic, Nuggets. You know, number one team in the West right now. He's a big he's a big part of that. Had a little slump in November where he was really wasn't taking a lot of shots. He had like a four point game, five point game. But he's, right, right. He's picked it up. He's picked it up lately. And he's a triple double machine, triple double machine for a big man. He's he's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be a problem, and especially especially when these guys get it back and Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton, it sky's the limit for the Nuggets. And he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be definitely one of the reasons why they have a a great playoff run. Two, I have Embiid, one of the best two way players in the NBA, formidable formidable in the in the middle. Has a great face-up game. I think he needs to. I think he needs to start uh, developing more of a back-to-the-basket type game. I think that could that could help the the Sixers a lot. And since Embiid, I mean, since Simmons really doesn't have a shot, 
I think that if he played with his back to the basket more and Simmons kind of fed off and played off ball, kind of get, you know, get to the basket, cut to the basket, dunk, dunk the ball, be athletic, while Jimmy could kind of, Jimmy could kind of work in that mid-range area. He could, Jimmy can knock down shots too, but he could work and do more of the scoring from that way. So, because I really don't like him beat out there on the three-point line because, because what it is, what happens with some of these guys when they shoot threes is they stay out there. And like I mean, I just I just feel like if you're six if you're six eleven six ten man, like you, you got to get in the paint, man. You have to get in the paint. It's a reason why Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is number one all time in scoring, like, and he didn't shoot. Yeah. Either. So and I honestly, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. In here real quick, I honestly like uh, Embiid's back to basket game. Like I mentioned earlier, he's been working out with Hakeem. Mm-hmm. I like how he can bully certain bigs down low. Uh, but, yeah, I think that he should stay in the paint a bit more unless he's open from three, then sure, go ahead and take it or face up from mid. Sure, that works. But, yeah, I agree with what you're saying with Ben Simmons and all that. Um, but once Ben Simmons gets that three-point jumper, I think Embiid's going to – or not even really a three-point jumper, just like you were mentioning earlier, if he just gets a mid-range jumper, I think Embiid will stick to the paint a little bit more. And now with Jimmy Butler around, Embiid's kind of on edge and, and kind of just going to do his thing. So – We'll, we'll, we'll see. With Only time will tell again with Butler now in Philadelphia. I think the Sixers, Sixers should get more shooters. You know, last year they, they, uh, they picked up Bellinelli off, off the waiver wire. They picked up uh, Ilyasova, two guys that can stretch the, floor, stretch the floor and play well. And you see that really played dividend for them in, in the playoffs. And, for, you know, obviously winning the, winning the first round series against Miami. I, obviously, I thought, I, thought, I thought they were going to beat the Celtics because the Celtics didn't have Hayward or Kyrie. You know, obviously that didn't happen. But and I think a part of that is because he didn't really play with his back to the basket, and he really kind of got, you know, babied by Hofer right, in that series. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think again, if you're a, if you're a big man, if you're a center man, I just I need to see you in the post, man. I need, I know I know these guys, you know, they see Curry and they see all these guys shoot threes, but it's fine to it's fine to have that in your game, but if you're a big man, it's it's important if you're dominant in the post. You're actually when you're dominant in the post, you could actually develop and help the th- shooting around you. All, they ha- all, all the team will have to do is just put right. shooting around you, and and it's e- and you're easier to the basket. You're seven feet tall on a ten foot rim. Why would you go farther from the basket? <laughs> right. <laughs> and cool. I think that, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I think that he's. I think he's worried. I think that he is a perfectionist and that uh, he wants to be the best he can be. And I think that he does. He makes some decisions that aren't that aren't the smartest, but. I think that he knows that he's pretty slow. I mean, he can dunk on you, but he's not very athletic. He's pretty slow. I feel like if he gets down low, he's afraid of getting bullied like Andre Drummond. Um, you know, I mean, him and, and Joel have been have been fighting back and forth on Twitter for a while now. Some good I battles. Some good afraid. battles. I think that Embiid is afraid of, of being embarrassed by, you know, I think that he has to be the best. And sometimes that means showing off his three-point shot and not attacking the paint as much as he should against – better defending big man because he's afraid of, of not playing at full potential because he talks so much smack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He needs, he needs to stop. I think he needs to, you know, chill out on the trash talking a little bit. And yeah, like you said, focus more on, on being very dominant in the paint. You want to talk about Hakeem, like Elijah, he was dominant in the post. That was, that right. was his, that was never his. really acquired a jumper just because he was so dominant in the post. Right. Yeah. And he, and he had, you know, he had a little, he had, he had a face-up game too. Uh, Kim had a face-up game too. If he right. That little mid-range he should, jumper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's really all he needs. Like he doesn't really need to, I feel like he doesn't really, exactly. doesn't really exactly. need to be shooting threes. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I think if, if Embiid does that, 
he, I mean, him and AD, it's it could be it could be one A one B if he does that. But right now, AD number one. Uh, it's just, yeah. it, I, I know I was watching. I was watching the Thunder and the Pelicans. I think last week, you know, forty four and eighteen. That's just, that's just insane. He could actually shoot the three and pass and play with his back to the basket. Right. Great pick and roll player. Great defender, obviously. AD, you know. The best best center in the NBA. Where do I think he's gonna go? I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, like you said, it's he still has like about three years left on his deal. So it's just, I feel like it's disrespectful to to the Pelicans and to the Pelican fans to already talk be talking about, you know, where is AD gonna go? He already has right. three years left on his deal. It's different. Kawhi was a, Kawhi was gonna be a free agent. Paul George is going to be a free agent the following and, year. Kyrie, you know, it's three years left. We're already talking about him going right. to the Lakers. Like, it's just. And the the main reason for that, I think, is that they don't see the Pelicans winning big anytime soon. So they're like, okay, AD's going to leave because he's so good. He's obviously going to want to start winning and knows he can go to a high market team. Uh, you know, any team would take AD, obviously, how young right. and talented he is. Uh, I think that the main reason is just the fact that the Pelicans aren't winning big anytime soon. So they're already thinking, you know, okay. With AD's talent, he knows that, you know, he deserves money. He deserves to win. Man, it's 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 tough, man. I just feel, I feel bad for, for Pelican fans because they're already thinking about after AD and he's right. already he's already there. But it's just it's just it's sports. It's professional sports. And just got to – it's a business. And I feel like, you know, it's up to the organization to put the right players around these guys in order for them to stay. And if, you know – they give you six, seven years of their career. I mean, I feel like that's enough time to put a, you know, put a right, put a right team, a winning team around that guy. Look at, like I said, look at the Bucks. That's exactly what they did. You know, Giannis developed, and then they see his skill set, and they put shooters around him until he's able to develop the shot. So, um, you know, again, Pelicans are playing well, and obviously he's a big part of that. But it's just crazy. We're already, we're already predicting trades already, but. Yeah, uh, and that, that that wraps it up for the for the top ten player positions. Uh, Marco and I, man, we we yeah we 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 covered a lot, man. Um, yeah, some some great players, and I'm, we left we met, we left out a lot of players. I didn't even talk about Drew, and Drew's definitely one of the best one of the best two way players in the NBA right now. So I, I forgot I forgot him. Forgot a couple other guys, and I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart. Who Drew? I'm Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Um, okay. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Yeah, I, I totally forgot him when we were going over. Um, yeah, and then I guards. forgot Capella. Yeah, we forgot a couple guys. Yeah, so I'm saying, I'm saying, just it's so many, so many good players. In there. Mm. So you're just gonna, you're gonna miss guys. But I feel like, I feel like our list, our list were good. I feel like that it, were, it wasn't really that, uh, wasn't really that different. Yeah, it wasn't really like, yeah, it wasn't really that controversial. It was different, man. It was, it was, uh, it was good. It wasn't that different. So right. So yeah. Um, any any last words, uh, Marco? You got any any words? Nah, we covered a lot. Yeah, it was a great podcast, man. I thank you for having me on, bro. Thank you for thank you for joining the podcast again. If you guys want to uh, find Marco on IG, go on at the N One Podcast and at the Marco Injury Show. Look up those both of those pages, man. Very active when it comes to hoops and also other sports for the, the Marco Injury Show. CJ James, I'm out, man. Thank you guys, man. Garda Podcast, episode two. Marco, thank you again. Of thank course. you so much, bro. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. We out. <laughs>